0: Hey, hey, oh. This one is explicit.
1: Hey, Jess. Hello, Elsie. Yay, it's a
0: week into podcasting smoke for women. Yay yay (laughs) so exciting it is very exciting I was so happy I like after we finished our first class I was like on on a little bit of a high afterwards and it wasn't because of the class it was because of the people yeah I was really good yes I was so impressed with with what they're doing and just the diversity yeah Yeah. I think that that's the best word it's the you're yeah you're humbled to be helping somebody do some of the stuff they're doing it's like awesome (laughs)
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes. It's like fueling other people doing good, which is good.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And so, so, so exciting.
0: Um, and yeah. I, I wanted to uh, to kind of just really quick this, uh, change the subject here. And I've, I've been kind of toying with the idea of engaging on Twitter a lot. And, you know, now you and I have been behind the the Twitter account and we've been sort of responding to people a lot more, but I thought maybe what if we just kind of step into the conversation a little bit more and also include the dudes via Twitter, because we do get a lot of engagement and maybe some of you ladies or, or some of our male listeners have questions for us and don't want to email or aren't on Facebook and don't want to post on the Facebook group because those, those posts tend to be slightly longer also, you know, like big long questions. But if you have Mm -hmm. some comment, for us now, we're going to be using the hashtag #AskShep. So A S K S H E P. So hashtag #AskShep. So if you
1: have, it looks like Shep. <laughs> Ask right. Shep. Ask Shep. That's our. <laughs> That's our hashtag. That's our Ask hashtag. Shep. Ask Shep. So they'll be like, "Who Shep?" <laughs> Yeah. Who is Shep? Shep who? Shep
0: who? Ask Sheepy. So um, hopefully that nobody, Shep, hopefully Shep is not online. (laughs) I know. Who is Shep? Who is Shep? Um, So yes, please ask us that way. So if if you guys have comments, uh, questions, any kind of feedback, you could use Ask Sheepy and we will check it out, uh, address it and talk with you and get to know you. So that would be really awesome. Even if you just have to say, yeah. Hey, you know, or something like that, that would be awesome. And obviously and you we can tag... go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. And you can, Sorry, and... and you can tag us at, @shepodcast
1: she that's yes. on Twitter In case you didn't know. That's exactly what I was going to say. Sorry.
0: It's all right. So yes, twitter.com slash she podcasts and go ahead and follow us there and touch base with us. And yay, that's
1: it. And yeah, we have... I was just trying to get a word into Elsie's mom. <laughs> didn't Elsie, didn't your mom say like, It's the Elsie show and that she doesn't let me talk. Yes, I know. See that? Mom, you hear that? See, Mom? (laughs) She never lets me talk.
0: (laughs) Great. Now she's going to be like...
1: So funny because I would have never even thought of that until, of course, your mom is just like, Elsie. How come Jessica's not allowed to say anything? So funny. Well, she didn't
0: quite frame it that way. It was the other way around. It was like... It seems like you talk a lot. You know, it's the other way
1: around. Yeah, right, right. It's funny. (laughs) So,
0: yeah. Anyway, we just wanted to kind of get that out of the way. And our last little thing, which I'm just going to touch base on here, is if you guys are going to podcast movement and you want a killer, like, one-day session with us that is, like, super affordable, for you guys all mm-hmm. to do you need to do our Friday we're going to be there on Friday that same Friday for if you're going to podcast movement show up a little early we'll be doing a session from I believe it's nine to three uh, Nine to three yes and we'll be okay. we'll be getting deeper into what we're going to be doing as we you know continue putting our shows out but if you want to sign up right now she slash p.m. She podcast.com slash PM and sign up because it's going to be off the hook. I cannot even, I cannot even take
1: it. So you just want to hang out in the room together. Maybe we won't even do a workshop. <laughs> we'll just all pay to sit there and stare at each other and give <laughs> hugs and stuff. Cause that sounds so fun. Just, Doesn't no, just that kidding. Sound, we're yeah. going to, we're also going to be talking about, um, <laughs> podcasting for women, empowerment, expansion, evolution. That's what our, that's what our title is. Absolutely. And was, I, lo- was I
0: allowed to say that?
1: Yes, of course you were okay good yes of course you are that's what so. we're going to be talking about but it's going to be really fun yes we promise fun <laughs> for six hours of fun six hours of fun fun
0: fun in the sun and of course we're not going to go straight through six hours so please don't freak out it's but it's going to be awesome i promise all kinds of things everything will be touched in your i shouldn't have said that in all parts of your psyche <laughs> and, <laughs> will be expanded and your body yes, you don't body <laughs>
1: God, just give away the farm, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. we're going to be touching. <laughs> we're, touch- we're touching. are <laughs> touching. Great. Oh, oh, my God. God. <sighs> Seriously, it's going to be fun, and we'll talk about it more, what you said, as weeks come up. But there is an early bird price. I and think. so it's cheaper now than it will be in a month or so. So I suggest you do it now because seats are going to fill up. We don't have a giant, you know, we don't have like the Dallas Opera Theater. <laughs> it's <like a> small <laughs> room. And we don't have that many seats. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I mean, I'm... No, I know you're I not. I wish I
0: was. I know.
1: I know you're not kidding. It's just so funny the that opera, we're like... We get the biggest Omni room. We don't. <laughs> we get the smallest Omni room for this. And uh we really want that see as many people as we can so
0: yes it would be nice to like sell this thing out like really fast and then have them go oh my god we have to give them a bigger room next time you know something like that yeah. that would be awesome
1: or we need to you know just pay them to show up <laughs> right <laughs> oh man oh man all right we pay we need to pay to be in their presence at all times That's what absolutely we really want. yes 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 just oh, kidding, gosh. Jared and Dan. We're just kidding. <laughs> we're about to do it with you as your partner, yeah. not as your overlords. <laughs> not as your
0: overlords. <laughs> I don't think they can handle that. Um, but do you, you know what? Well, okay, so we started we started this conversation right now. We had a you know, we still have bullet points that we're working with right now. We're kind of addressing certain points that we talk about in every show, but for the most part, you know, we don't have anything that's like we do hit bigger points, but after we're done, it's not like you've had an experience of learning a specific thing or um you've had the experience of talk of of listening to us talk about it, and perhaps get a lot of insight about podcasts. Are you
1: talking about our show? or are you talking about this the workshop?
0: Now, I'm talking about our show now because I'm doing a segue okay, here okay. because i'm very I'm segueing into our next topic,
1: so oh sorry, yeah, interrupt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. And so, land so- your plane, lady.
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to land it. This is okay, what I'm sorry. saying. Go ahead. Okay. So, but here's the, okay. I saw an article on rainnews.com and it was titled The Download on Podcasting Chat Versus Gloss. So, there are oh. a lot of podcasts that are chatting style podcasts, which I have to say that I feel we fit into that. And then there's the gloss. Uh, which is a little bit more produced, and I think that there are some of our, you know, listeners, and also I, I listen to a few of these other podcasts where you kind of download the podcast. It's very succinct. Usually, they are like half an hour, twenty minutes, and a topic is addressed. And when you finish, you learn about that topic. Like, usually it's like you start, we are talking about this. These are the bullet points that you are going to hit, you know, lesson number one, two, three, four. And then at the end, there's a conclusion. And they're like, and this is, these are the points again. And this is what you need to pay attention to. Bye-bye. And it's very focused and that's what they do. And there is uh kind of like, not a fight, but there's a, a little bit of, um, I don't know. How how would you say it? Like, uh. I can't even explain at this moment, Jess, a fight between the chat podcasters. I can't say fight chat and gloss dissonance. There's dissonance perhaps where there are some podcasters that feel that those kinds of shows kind of take the essence of podcasting away. The whole point is that you get behind the mic and you just kind kind of talk. It's kind of, you just, it's the rapport. It's the energy behind, um, you know, the hosts talking with one another. It's, you know, the energy that even people like Mark Marin have behind the mic where he just starts talking and it seems like it's, a, it's storytelling, it's comedy, it's, it, you know, it touches the heart. There's so much, but there is no specific point that he drives home with every one of his monologues. It's just chatting. He's just talking. So what do you think about that? What do you think versus this whole chat versus, you know, fully produced and to a point where you land something?
1: You know, I think um, people like to listen to different stuff. And so luckily there's a lot of different stuff to listen to. That's what I think. I mean, like, like, so I was recently um, interviewed by Rachel Luna Yes, and um, she's a friend but she's also the type of person that doesn't do anything unless it has a mission and a purpose. Okay. So because she's my friend, we kept we just kept kind of getting off topic or whatever, because that's just what I do. Every time it would happen, she would go, she would steer me back and steer me back and steer me back. And then I was like, and then she was like, you know, I don't like, I don't like listening to shows where they get off topic. I get irritated because I think, you know, just get to the point. Cause I've, I'm taking notes and I want to learn. And I was like, then that's exactly the kind of show that you're going to produce. But I, I don't like that. I like to hear people chat, and I get um, feedback saying how much they like hearing me chat with Elsie or me chat with the people that I interviewed on Lady Business Radio because um, it makes them feel like we're all sitting in a coffee shop together, and they prefer that over the here's what you do. Right. You know? So I think I think if you are that type of person, you probably are producing that kind of show. And if you're not that kind of person, you probably don't produce that type of show. And I like – learning, I don't want to say through the back door, because we already have a sexual undertone now in this (laughs) episode already. But like, I like when learning happens sort of by accident, like when, like when people can sit and listen to us chit chat, you know, and it feeds their head. And yet at the same time, we're talking about, you know, today, I mean, on the, on the docket today is like ethnic Um, differences and maybe a little bit of clamor and some stuff about advertising but like it still is going to feel like a conversation you have over lunch and not a college course. I don't want to produce a show that sounds like a college course and I don't want to take another college course probably ever because I barely made it through the first time and it was hard. (laughs) They're hard. It's hard to pay attention and listen. I don't want to show where it's hard. to. I don't ever want to do anything where it's hard to pay attention and listen to me for any reason. It always should be fun and entertaining. And if you learn later, you figure it out when you're going to sleep. Yeah. I want people to have fun while they're listening and then later be like, oh, look what I learned. Hey, she snuck that in there in the back door.
0: I think, (laughs) yes. But (laughs) but see, here's the thing too, which I I think is phenomenal, is that that's exactly the way that we will remember things as well. Because you can come back and you say, remember when Elsie and Jess were talking about, Babies about this and the pee and all that stuff. And they go, Oh yeah. And then they hit that point. And so it was one of those things that I feel it really, it, it, that's for me, it's the magical part of podcasting. Now at the same point though, I don't want people to feel like they have to do that because if it's not natural for them to do that, then it's not going to work either. So there Uh is a place for both. And, you know, now when I've been doing the tutorials for, uh, for podcasting school for women and I had the new Skype tutorial that I have just for like recording conversations that I've been creating I have had to be very specific every time that I'm doing those videos and you know and I have a script and I make sure that there are certain things that need to be said and I thought wow cuz it and it's ended up to be like really big it's almost going to be like almost 9 videos long after I'm done they're not long right videos but they're you know they can be delivered via a mini podcast and I thought well that would be a really great way to have te- people learn this Mm -hmm. And those are not, that's not a chat podcast. Like that would not, that would just, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't work for people who are wanting to learn about recording their conversations via Skype for us to go off on some random conversation about anything that pops into our head because they want to get that knowledge. So I completely understand the difference between both. I just prefer, I prefer more chatty type podcasts. I like that a lot more. In fact.
1: Yeah. I do too. I mean, and as far as the distance between one format versus the other, again, I ask, <laughs> why can't we all just get along? I know, right? <laughs> Truly. Well, see, so you know Why what? is your, someone's nose always being poked in someone else's beeswax? Like get your nose on your own paper, your eyes on your, whatever it's called. Just enough with these people.
0: You know what? I think that it's about perception also. I think it's about perception Uh, from the bigger industry or maybe for people who are looking for sponsorships or um, bigger brands that perhaps want to step into the space. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also part of our business as new media creators and our own journalists to be able to show that even though we're just chatting here, there is information that's being transferred that is key here, that there is an audience that's listening, that there is influence that we're having, and that we're not just talking to talk there are some people that do that as well and that's perfectly fine as well
1: and they're hilarious i mean yeah like yeah. bill burr's monday morning podcast and it's mentioned in the article but i've listened to it it literally is him just ranting for two hours like not angry ranting but just chatting his pants off like the whole time yeah he's not saying anything important except like his observations or whatever and i'm actually gonna start a couple shows sort of like that believe it or not uh But anyway, um, I have no idea if it's – I mean, my husband – so we talked about this the other day. He was just like, what's going to be the return on investment? Like, I don't know. But I just know that like – I don't know. I kind of like the idea of just chatting about webs for once and not having a goal all the time. Not that – I mean, you and I have a goal, but they're loose. Yes, and they're expansive. Like me. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sorry. See that? Sorry. This was actually a good segue um, into our hater, if you want to talk about oh. that, because okay. one, one not liking the other. All right. Yeah, yeah. Because she's an older. Okay, so we had a hater, um, I guess, over the weekend. Elsie and I got hate mail, like our first true hate mail. Um, and it was from someone who was insulted that we were offering podcasting advice because she's been podcasting since 2006 and who the hell am I? I
0: think it was 2009 you said, but I may I may be wrong. You're right.
1: It was. You're 100% right. It yeah. was 2009. You're right.
0: Um, and so, yeah, I, but you know, and of course we, we got very upset and we reached out to our buddy, Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting, and maybe he would have, maybe he'll have our, our feedback on his show. So I'm going to put link in the show notes. Oh, in, yeah, I'm going to backlink it because it's, this is, it's really weird. Cause I'm sure he's going to be recording later, but he um, didn't, he
1: didn't video, he didn't audio anything. He just sent us.
0: Well, no, no, no. no. But I'm sure he usually he he uses some of the feedback on his show. So who knows? Maybe he will. And so we sent him some feedback. I mean, asking him advice, basically, like, what would you do in this situation? Because he does the same thing. You know, he he teaches people how to podcast for money. (laughs) Imagine that. Right. And so um, he basically said, well, first of all, it's it's like she's not part of your tribe. And that was true because it seems like she signed up on that first, you know, she signed up that day, correct? And then the first email she got was selling our podcasting school for women. So that might seem kind of odd and awkward, especially if she randomly bumped into us and didn't even listen to our podcast. Right? Yeah. Because why would she she be saying, because if she hasn't listened to our podcast, then why would she be asking how dare you? Because we've been selling podcasting school for women for like three yeah. episodes or so. Right. So, yeah. So I think that we she, have. yeah. So I don't think she really knew a lot. It's just that she felt it so powerfully in her body to just tell us not so what nice, jerks we what jerks we were for selling. And also, you know, I think the, the hardest thing that it hurt was the fact that she said, basically, who are you to do this? Like, who are you? In the that's world, that's not what she
1: said. Which her actual words were, "You're nobody." <laughs> oh, that's it. Oh, sorry. That's, well, that's just hurtful. Worse. Let me yeah, just that say is, that's true. That's true. In general, and not referring to this conversation, don't say that to someone. It's hurtful. It yeah, can, it hurts your feelings to hear you're nobody, whether it's true or not. Yeah, <laughs> there's well, a no, lot of nobodies it- out there, man. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it hurts. It's th- hurtful.
0: But nobody's a nobody to everybody.
1: They, you might you. feel That's, like wait, a nobody. Can I quote you on that? No- wait, I want to write that down. <laughs> Nobody's a nobody. <laughs> what did you say? Nobody's know- a nobody to everybody? Yeah. Wait, I need to write that down immediately. <laughs> Hold on.
0: That's a tweetable. <laughs> nobody is a I'm nobody I'm tweeting it right to now, everybody. as a matter of fact.
1: <laughs> Nobody's a nobody to everybody. Thank you, Elsie. You're Loved welcome. It. Okay.
0: So, no, but you know, it was just, it is very hurtful to say that. And of course, the first instinct you get when somebody tells you a nobody is, I'm not a nobody. You want to start to defend yourself, right? You want to start to say, hey, check this out. I've done X, Y, Z, blah, 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 and just go off about it. Or the other way around, which is like, uh, excuse me, you're a nobody. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and it's and it just evokes not a positive conversation about this whole thing i mean as a whole and i think you know what something that we you and i just have not chatted about here is the i i am i'm feeling very strongly of us women in media supporting each other and i feel yeah. another layer that was not addressed with this hateful kind of comment to us is you know, with her saying you're nobody, it was like, "Listen, lady, do you know how many women podcasting experts are there that are that are being heard right now? Do you know of there are any other courses out there that have women at the helm that are the leaders of the group and that are empowering and helping women specifically to get their word out?
1: I'm really proud. You I know, mean, free or not free, I'm really proud of it. And whatever, I'm not gonna. I'm not even going to bother defending the price or why we charge for our time to help people specifically with their shows because I just don't want or feel the need to do that. All I'm saying is I'm sure she's not the only person in our group or even on the planet that feels that way because in other podcasting groups, I've seen how pissy men, other men get about like Cliff and Dave and anybody charging for podcasting advice. Like like how dare you? Yes. Because it's, it's free. Yes. But the point is, newsflash, everything you want to learn is free. Everything. Not just podcasting. Cooking. Biking. Exercise. Facebook advertise Everything. It is all free. You just need to Google and figure it out. Some people don't want to do that. That's when they pay for other people's time. But everything you want to learn is free. You can become a makeup artist for free if you just watch enough YouTube
0: Come my on. God, YouTube's amazing for that. Who knew, right? Tell
1: Jeez. me about it. Oh, I know. Oh you God. know, I know I, know. <laughs> I know about it.
0: No, but, it, it, and it's absolutely true. And I feel, you know, number one, that layer of, of her coming at us, telling us that we're nobody. I think that one of the hardest things for me to deal with, with, with that was the fact that, Hey, listen, we're women. We, I really would prefer that you supported us, even if you did not have the money or perhaps chose in your, you know, in your thinking that this is not worth paying, but this is what we're doing in the space. And it's already a challenge to be able to get out there, first of all, and be heard and be seen.
1: That's true. I mean, her basis of saying that was because she had a Wikipedia page. Well, yeah, (laughs) I'm not going to comment on that because she said like, you're nobody I'm on Wikipedia. (laughs)
0: Well, yeah. okay. well, okay. Well, I can put myself on Wikipedia like right now. Well, you know what? I don't So, What's with the Wikipedia thing? Remember I was, I had, a, I think I'm not sure if we talked about this with Natalie, like publicly or with you in, on the podcast, but I had that same thing happen to me while, while I was at over at NMX and I was having a conversation with somebody and I was saying, you know, the definition of what, um, Twitter bombing was. And I told him straight up what the definition of Twitter bombing was because it comes from the source. I know the guy who coined the term, which is Rob Waltz. He started to do this. I know the definition. I know him personally. He's written extensively about it. He's been on many podcasts to talk about it. And I said, no, this is what it means. And then he said to me, well, that's that's not what it says on the Wikipedia page. (laughs) And I was like, that's (laughs) Okay. So is Wikipedia the be-all and end-all? Isn't that editable? Isn't that somebody can't, can't somebody go in there and like write their own definition?
1: So I thought- And change whenever they want. Yes. And so I thought
0: like, would you possibly think that somebody that wrote about Twitter bombing on the Wikipedia page might be Twitter bombing themselves and simply define Twitter bombing to support what they were already doing?
1: (laughs) So I was just like- (laughs) that whole i'm on wikipedia. Well so what? I can start my own wikipedia page right now. What does that prove? Nothing. But anyway, so
0: let's yeah. get back to I just want to go back to the conversation that you that you're right. There is a lot of resistance and I think that this is a conversation that really does need to be had uh, as a community. There is a lot of resistance out there from uh, particularly the old school podcasters out there both both consultants as well as or not consultants because some of them don't really properly consult but some people who have been doing it in a long time and have a lot of knowledge on podcasting and some of the new feet people that have come in or possibly evolved the old you know to the new and evolved to to see things in a new way and are now charging for their services or have courses or are creating businesses around podcasting and the resistance that comes out is is very angry it's like it's very, yeah. very angry i mean it's like who are very. you Who are you to um to say this and i have to be completely transparent about this you know my resistance to the term mastermind was highly yeah. influenced by my podcaster friends that have been in this space for a long time and who are kind of like at the helm of some of the uh, sort of like the 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 old like they're like the old regime of, of podcasters that have been doing this for a long time and every time they hear mastermind it makes them slight like throw up basically like how dare what do you mean mastermind who's going to be paying for masterminds this is like this and they go off about how horrible that is and it's because of those conversations that it's colored my perception of what masterminds are and i feel like i have to hide that I was in a mastermind and I paid money for a mastermind. I was on it with Cliff Ravenscrad. I took, I, gosh, darn it. When he started the podcast yeah. mastermind, Cliff Ravenscrad started this a couple of years ago and I jumped. I mean, he didn't even have to say how much it was. It was like he said, I'm starting a mastermind yeah. and I emailed him and I'm like, I'm in. I didn't even know how yeah. much money I was, I'd be paying. Because I knew what that value was of having that conversation. I committed and I paid money for a year to be a part of a group that he was at the helm of. And I cannot even tell you the transformation that happened during that year for me as a yeah. human being. And so I I understand that, but at the same time I I hid that from my, you know, from my other friends. It was like I'd never talked about that. Because it just seems to be I don't know. It just seems to be looked down upon. And I didn't, and I didn't even have the balls to be able to stand up for my own choices. And I've started to figure out that you just have to, you basically have to move away from that because that negativity is going to stifle and make you second guess what you're putting out into the world in whatever industry you are.
1: Well, so, um, I sent Elsie this article that I wanted to share with you guys on the show because, um, even though it's about Instagram, I thought it was so interesting and relevant. The title of the article is brands pay this Instagrammer $15,000 to include their products in a picture. Brands pay some Instagram users to include products in their pictures. It's among the latest frontiers in sponsored content. So, um, even though this person uh she's a fashion blogger and her instagram is we wore what um i think it's really interesting that it's a way that she monetizes her social media what she's doing she has like a pretty i guess healthy following and let me actually pull up her account let's just see how many people are following her probably more now uh oh no it's 746 oh no it's a million okay she's says <laughs> one M. okay so she's got a million followers and so when she posts something that she's wearing or using, um, it's, free adver- it's not free advertising because now they're paying for it. So it says her rate card uh, sets her range for the cost of a single piece of sponsored content from 5000 to 15000 The rate can go up and down depending on the terms of the deal, if they want long-term commitment or multiple Instagram pictures. So she's not only figured out a way to get money for uh, posting on Instagram, but also probably free stuff. They're probably sending yeah. free stuff. yeah, like to wear or whatever. It's kind of but cool. It, you know?
0: But I, it, it is cool. But the thing is, though, here's a question that I got when I was reading that is that people don't know if she's getting paid for that or not, or if it's just a picture. Why does it matter? Because, isn't that like. Uh, isn't there some law that you can't sell things without disclosing or full disclosure, it. or, I mean, not she's saying not, selling, not selling. selling, but she's getting paid by somebody else to talk about it. Like that was so big for Gimlet for media um, for not telling or for not making it clear that it was an yeah. advertisement. They had an it's episode. Really where an adver-
1: Remember because it's- an advertisement is their produced ad, not something that you're doing yourself. It's a sponsor. Sponsored. It's sponsored, um, posts, That's so murky. ads. It's so murky. I feel, I feel kind of dirty. So like, okay, let me, let me, <laughs> let's put it, let's put it in a different way. Let's just say, okay. oh no, let's use Charlize Theron. Okay. So she ha- does those commercials for Dior, right? Yes. J'adore Dior. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, assuming Part of her contract is she can only wear that perfume while she's their spokesperson. And so every time she hugs someone and they smell her, they're going to ask her what it is or, you know, I mean, like she has to wear it, but that doesn't mean she has to walk around with a sign saying, I smell like Dior. Otherwise, you know, you don't know that I'm tricking you or something. You know what I mean? Like, they, like she's, she's got like part a, of their contract.
0: Yeah. It's like a full disclosure tattoo or something on her arm. That yeah. Says like wearing yeah. this. Yeah. No. Yeah. So similarly,
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Like, so similarly, like, this girl has sponsors, and the point isn't really to disclose that they're sponsored items, but just to see her in them and ask, the point is to see and ask what it is. What are you wearing? Where'd you get that scarf? What about those leather pants? Like, I want to buy those so she can, you know, she should get money for wearing people's stuff because people are asking her what she's wearing all the time. So that's a... You know what I mean? And like like Shannon Cherry, the queen of sponsorships, she found a way to get um, GwinnieBee.com to sponsor her so that when she goes and speaks, she always wears their clothes. They're a clothing subscription site. So like for $50 a month, you get three outfits that they send to you. You wear them and send them back. And wow. like, um Yeah. So when she speaks, she wears one of their outfits, and she always says, you know, my, my wardrobe is sponsored by GwinnieBee it's free clothes.
0: That's nice. That's very cool. You know? Okay. Like, so I yeah, mean,
1: yeah, I just think it, I just think it offers up an opportunity. If you have a, I mean, why shouldn't you, if you are, I mean, Elsie, like however many you have, if you were still doing the yoga thing and you got a new yoga mat, or you were using, um, you know, Tervis cups or whatever, why shouldn't they pay you? They're getting free advertising. It should right, be so, free. I-
0: so now let's frame it for us. Let's frame it for podcasting and see what that's like.
1: I think, How, I think that it depends on the subject. So, um, if I was, let's take Liz uh,
0: D'Alto's I mean, new show.
1: Well, you, all right. Just
0: because she she asked about the sponsorship, and she asked and she asked she about you know. She did. And, Let me
1: look it up. Okay, Untame The Wild Soul Woman, and so the first episodes are. Uh, she gets interviewed the first time and then Ling Koya, wise, Wild and free. She is a shadow of work, a courage, inner fire, and the alchemy of onehood. Okay, so like what could she sell? Let's think. Um, and I've never seen her Instagram. Maybe have an Instagram. Let me uh, – she must, right? I'm pretty sure she yes, does. Yes, of
0: course. She has a really vibrant community there. She does a lot of images. She works images in there a lot. I mean it's very, very beautifully curated – uh, gorgeous pictures. They, yeah. um, you know, move back and oh, forth sure. from her stuff as well as
1: it is. her lifestyle.
0: Yeah. yeah okay. All kinds
1: of stuff. All right. Like that. So, um, let's see. I mean, the leggings that she's wearing could be a sponsor. Um, let's see. She, you're right. She does a lot of untamed stuff. Um, She's, she posted a picture of this hotel that she's staying at, Untame Yourself Austin. They could have paid her to do that if she's staying somewhere. Um, she's got tea, the tea company. If she were to continue to post like pictures of her morning tea, of the crystals, of the wine, anything that contributes to her wild soul movement lifestyle. Like, for example, yeah. she has a huge – the, at the top it says, How to Put on Jeans, Number One, Put on Leggings. Like she should have a leggings sponsor right there. She's always in leggings, and why shouldn't we know where she gets them? And and why shouldn't she get paid to promote her favorite ones, whether they're Lululemon or Marona from Target?
0: Yeah, no, you're you right. Know? There's a lot, but there's a lot. I've seen I've seen people that I've been following on Instagram that are now doing exactly what you're saying, Jess. Where they're wearing all of these clothes and, and every single one of the posts, they are basically selling the clothing and they
1: look so cute selling and I have or promoting.
0: Promoting the clothing because they say, oh, I can't, I just got this from, you know, and then they have the tag for their clothes. I think it's a little bit harder to do something like that when it's not so visual. Like that's why I wanted to talk about the podcast Oh, where I I guess you could, yeah. And so then maybe we can, if you have it in conjunction with an Instagram account to be able to send people off there and saying like, did you see when I was wearing X, go check out Instagram.com slash Yogi. I really loved when I was wearing this. Or you know something like saying. that.
1: I was, yeah. I was trying to make a point that you can use your Instagram account as a way to uh, monetize your podcast. But I see what you're saying. Okay, so the other way Liz could do it is um, make an ad with her own voice saying, um, "Hey, before we start today's program, I just want to thank um, Lululemon be, um, for." Being a sponsor, I always wear their leggings because they make me look thinner and pull in my butt, and they're so so comfortable, and this fabric is really soft, and they never fall apart in the wash. And I've washed these particular pair that I'm wearing are zebra-striped, and I've worn them a thousand times. Okay, let's get started with the show. Yeah. Right? Because she's already using it and wearing that stuff. I mean, that's why I also say, like, how do you get sponsors? Like, you got to pick the stuff that you are already using, that you already really like, because that's the stuff that you can – really sell and you've got influence over your audience more than anyone else so you have to pick stuff that you already really love like like Elsie, i asked you which um essential oils and you knew exactly which website you told me why you like them they would be a perfect sponsor for for a, sh- a an Elsie show because you already use them you already love them you know which ones smell the best you can write the ad already you don't need yeah. them to pay you you know yeah Yep. absolutely um, yeah, so similarly, like like DreamHost was good for me. Like I've been a customer of DreamHost. They're a web hosting company for years, and really their emails are funny, but also I think their customer service is the best. They never screw around with, you know, my sites are never down, like, et cetera and so forth. I can write the ad already. So that's why I would pitch them as a sponsor because they'd be perfect. Now, it wouldn't be a good sponsor for this show because we don't really talk a lot about website. but whatever. Um, you can um, – you're selling it without selling it. I mean, all you have to do is just say – you don't even have to thank them for being a sponsor. All Liz has to do is say, hey, I just want you guys to know I only wear Lululemon leggings because they're like the best things ever. <laughs> I mean, it would seem a little off unless she said thanks for their sponsorship. Um, but but and what you're saying is on Instagram, she's not doing that, that she's being shady by not sharing the fact that those things are sponsored. But yes. I, I don't think it's shady only because – I don't know. I want to take a look at her Instagram account and just see, like, um, now I need to I go s- I
0: sc- Yeah, I scanned through some of that stuff. And what was what was really interesting to me is that she, her comments are...
1: Yeah, it says, Island Vibes with this Coza official backpack, perfect for my trip for Bermuda next week. So you can assume that the backpack um, paid her to use it, but it is really cute. And then you I go to Coza a- official... You know? Yeah, I just think that
0: there's a. I think that there's still a question. I get it. I totally understand what your point of view, Jess. But I still think mm-hmm. it's a little murky from my perspective because, uh, like I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel that if so, if I'm showing because there's so many different times. Okay, so. So okay, I just shared that I just bought uh, an external battery case, and it's shockproof, it's waterproof, it's like incredible. It's got all of this life. It's like you know, solar powered, all this stuff. I shared it because I thought everybody needs to have this, and I basically said, if you're a mama and you work, you know, away from home, this thing needs to be in your toolbox. And mm-hmm. I just shared it because I I feel that powerful about it. I. Yes, of course. I it would have been awesome to get some kind of affiliate money for that, or possibly even to get some have them be my sponsor or something. But I was just sharing it because I feel it's really important for people to have it. When will I stop? Like, where's the stop here? Where's when I'm sharing my stuff? When am I gonna I'm gonna be calling every company saying like, hey, will you pay me money because I just shared your stuff?
1: No, you no. It's, that's the cart that's putting the cart way after the horse. I mean, you have to call them and say, I talk about this already on my show and I think you would be a good spot, you know, or, or, I mean, it depends. I mean, once you get to a certain level of influence, maybe you can shop sponsors. Yeah, you know? And maybe I,
0: they can come back to you. I think that would be really great. I mean, I would love to have yeah. some of these, uh, some of these products that I definitely use come to me at some point and say like, Hey, will you talk about this?
1: Yeah. Well, they're not, that's the thing. They are not going to come to you. You have to go and say, I'm talking about this product all the time, but I know you have this. Um, and you know, they're not a sponsor yet. So I'm kind of looking for sponsors. Are you interested in this spot? I have this much reach. If -hmm. you are, would you, would you want to send me a product? Let me check it out because I need to make sure that it's something I do want to talk about. Totally. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it sounds like, Hey, give me free stuff and I'll talk. I mean, it sounds kind of what the Jewish people call schnorri. It's like a schnorrer is someone who's like always trying to get free stuff or whatever. But like, it's not because you, that influence is monetizable. And, and it's not that your integrity is being chipped away at because you're getting money for talking about the things. I mean, you have to try the product out and part of, you know, part of talking about it. Like, that's why, um, I can only think of like one eight hundred mattress locally because like the the guys on um, Preston and Steve talk about one eight hundred mattress and how well they sleep, but they were given mattresses because that's the only way they can talk about it with any kind of authority. So you have to give them a mattress. Yeah, you, I get, they know, I totally they get know that they know that you, they have to give their product, whether it's a drink or clothes or whatever, they know they have to give it because how else are you going to be able to say or, or see how it's working? So, um, somehow there's a way of phrasing it in a proposal where you're just like, I have this much reach. These are, this is my audience. You know, this subject comes up and I'd like to be able to talk with some knowledge about your product um, would you be interested in sending me a sample? If not, you know, I mean, I end up talking about this one a lot. I'd love to compare and they, you know, I, I, you know, would you like to be a sponsor or maybe you ask the first company and if they say no, just say they're not a sponsor, but I, I have an open sponsorship slot. If you're interested and just see what they say. Why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. We should, but they're not going to come to you though. They're never going to be like, Hey, Elsie's talking about our stuff because how could they know? You know, they'll right. never know. <laughs> we they'll should know. reach
0: out. We 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 were suggested that we reach out to Ocho Candy Bars to see if they wanted us to, if we they could be sponsors yeah. for us. We'll, well, we'll have candy bars. Little, candy. Like no
1: one that listens will want care about that. You know what I mean? You don't
0: think so? Hey, guys, tell us, please tell us if you want candy bars. They're so good. They're so yummy. But we can't we buy them here. Be, Oh. Well, you can buy them online on the website. Yeah, I
1: got, yeah, yeah. That's a good
0: yeah. way to track. I mean, if you can't buy them, like, of course, then how are they going to track if they're going to Whole saying, Foods and they not buy Ocho?
1: i for Ocho because there's no guarantee that the people listening to this show like candy. Okay. <laughs> Whereas, like, you know what I'm saying? Whereas, like, it would be good for Blue, Snowball. It would be good for Nessie. It would be good for uh, Boss Jock. Those are people who, you know, they know these people are podcasting or want to podcast. True. And they're they're
0: recording stuff and they're doing things like, yeah, totally. Okay. I get it. I get
1: it. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So are we moving on, moving on next message, next message, next topic. Eh.
1: Brown is the public radio.
0: Yeah, we could do some of the brown. brown Where is the public? Yeah, where is the brown in public radio? Uh, So, brown, it can be, you know, many different people of color, not necessarily just Latino people or just African Americans, but lots of brown. But it's kind of this one, this article is specifically for Latinos. The where is the brown in public radio? Public media must see Latinos as the next great audience. And he's talking about code switching. And this was a conversation that I think I needed to have. Now, I, I found this other article, Jess and check this out so here's here's the definition kind of kind of of the code switching in terms of ethnicity so you're at work one day and you're talking to your colleagues in that professional polite kind of buttoned up voice that people use when they're doing professional work and stuff your mom or your friend or your partner calls you on the phone and you answer and without thinking you start talking to them in an entirely different voice Still distinctly your voice, but a certain kind of your voice less suited for the office. You drop G's. You end. You know. You end with your your verbs. You previously undetected accent. Your easy Southern drawl, or your sing-songy Caribbean little, or your Spanish inflected vowels, or or your New Yorker is suddenly turned away, way up. You rush your mom or whoever off the phone. I'ma holler you later and hang up and get back to work. That was a little snippet from the an NPR article that is about code switching itself. And so the definition basically is that you change the way that you speak, your voice completely changes. And the way that you say words completely changes depending upon what the environment is. And they were really, they started to address things like there's a, a little, in this in this specific article that I'll put in the show notes, there's a, pic, there's a video of Obama, like when he went over to, um, Ben's chili bowl in in black DC neighborhood, and when the black cashier asked him if he needed change, Obama replied, "Nah, we're straight." So, uh, you know what I mean? So there's a there's there's something that happens when you're, and that's exactly, and I feel that. I have to tell you that when I went over to the laundry, we go do laundry sometimes when we have so much laundry, we take it over to the laundromat. And the whole laundromat is basically run by Latino people, right? So yeah. every time that I ask for anything, you're of course, I'm, I'm not going to be speaking English, and I'm also going to be speaking what they understand. I'm not going to.
1: You want to be one of their people. That's well, cause all. I
0: am one of their people. It's not like I want, it just changes. Like it feels awkward sort. for me to be like, hello, where can I get the money? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it just sounds so weird. So I will just speak, you know, the way that I speak. So this, yeah. this is just, I'm we're keeping it, I guess in the cultural scenario, because a lot of people feel that, you know, what about
1: code switching in, in, <laughs> in, you know, I was just thinking about whether or not Jews do that, and I know we do it a little bit, but it's subtle, very subtle, very, very subtle. But, like, I see what you're saying. Um, when we first brought this article up, you know, this is an interesting topic for us to be talking about because last time we were talking about women and how – were we talking about that here? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think
1: so. Uh, women and how they phrase things differently to, like, get the approval at the end of every statement. So I think it's more of a linguistics issue where people people change how they speak based on who they're speaking to. And the concept, I guess, of the original article, There's No Brown, is that um, they're whiting themselves up for mainstream radio. And as I told you before we started talking, I don't agree with that. What I think is that only people of color think it's whiting yourself up. But the truth is white people with accents have to do that too, because it's just the most understood way to speak because not everyone can understand you. If you have a Boston accent or a Kentucky accent or a Midwestern, you know, our Chicago accent, right? Not yeah. bears. You don't want to hear your, you don't want to hear your news coming from a guy from Chica- from Chicago, you know, it's yeah. hard to understand.
0: No, I, I understand so, that perspective. Although I stand behind the, the cultural change on this, uh, you know, and how hard ho- that I, I feel it is harder for people of color to be changing this way because the old, and this is where the, the question close. comes in. That's all. when
1: I'm sure it feels more personal, yes, if, was, if you were just from Chicago, sure,
0: yes, because then it seems like there 's this really weird thing where it seems like you you have this in your head that talking in that other way that 's not the way that you usually talk is better, like that 's what you have in in your head, at least for me um, and, and I was basically taught this when I, we were talking about this pre show when I was in grad school. Uh, I had a very subtle, and I, you know, that was the first thing that I w- that was brought to my attention that my accent was very prevalent. I didn't know this of course and then when I went into grad school it was even brought more to my attention that though I was saying certain words that it didn't work out I, it still comes out once in a while usually it comes out when I'm in a in a heated conversation when whenever there's some kind of emotion rising up my accent tends to come out a little bit more but in col- you know in high and I'm sorry in grad school I had a class where I had to go into and really speak standard american english that was what i was taught and it was the hardest class for me it was the
1: one that left me feeling like i was the worst person ever when i left that class well here's a question Here, here's my question did anyone ever tell you that sounding hispanic equals sounding stupid that was not the case but it me- but this is like what- you but it made you feel that way yes and because here's the thing with ebonics and 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 a, and the black culture is that most people think that ebonics equals like not not just not proper english but that they can't complete a sentence now nah, we straight is like no you know it's like that's not even a full that's not even proper english whereas i don't think hispanics don't speak proper english just cuz you have an an accent's not the same as cultural short code i guess if that makes sense
0: well, I think that there are some short codes in the way that we speak and saying certain words and not like I can tell you I can guarantee you that with when my mom says things or when my dad then says things and they mix their words together or they sound them together, it is perceived and I know that this is true especially for my dad, that you are not educated enough. Interesting. And And yes. And you know, when you were there to me, that's not, I'm
1: not sure how I feel about ebonics.
0: It's well, I think that that's part of the, that is the way that you speak. And that's part of who you are. And I feel that with the way that you express yourself, like, you know, in whichever way you want to express yourself, doesn't necessarily equal uh, stupid or that you don't know what you're talking about. I feel it's a very powerful way to be able to communicate with one another. And it's empowering as a culture. Now, the question is, how do you, you know, how do you express yourself to touch the most amount of people? And it depends on what you're doing, because I was doing acting stuff. And the way that I was made to feel is you need to get rid of your accent. If not, you're not going to be giving, you're not going to be given leading lady roles. In the general space of theater, you're Mm. going to be working for people like East L.A. Classic Theater. And I did work for East L.A. Classic Theater, but obviously we were all Latinos. And that's (laughs) and so that's like, you know, I was all of us. I know. And that's what we did. I mean, we changed things (gasps) to be very, 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 very ethnic, you know with mariachis and with salsa dancers and like all of those things that Latino people are, were all infused in Shakespeare. So yes, there's that. But, fantastic. But this is a completely different conversation. This is sort of like the pressure that we feel and behind the microphone. I, I would feel a huge pressure to make sure that my accent did not come out when I
1: was working for something like NPR or. or Here's another point of view, not to interrupt you, but I just thought of something and it sounded smart. So I want to say it. Um, Before I don't sound smart anymore. Um, Okay, so there's this big stink going on right now with George Stephanopoulos and how he contributed to the Clinton uh, Foundation, right? And people are making a big deal because he didn't disclose it. Can you hear me? Because you didn't say anything. Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Um, So they're making a big stink about it because he is a um, newscaster and he shouldn't be – they're not supposed to be politically biased, basically. You want your newscaster and your, and your people who are reporting what's happening in the world to be as unbiased, unopinionated, unswayable as possible. And I think even if they have an Eastern accent or a Southern accent or a Western accent or a, you know, or a Latino accent, it's, it takes away from, you're going to judge them. The only way to not judge or feel like your newscaster is being given to you by somebody completely unbiased is to take away all um, qualities that differentiate them. That's why Mm -hmm. all those women have news helmet hair. Right. None of them have braids. You don't see them in crazy clips. There's no messy bun. There's no Jewish curls. They straighten that shit. They cut it to the shoulders. They curl it under. Boom, you're done. Everyone's Diane Sawyer. Because it's because it's not it's unbiased, and I think for NPR, for that example, that's what you need. I think if you're doing a show, a, a different show, um, and not something that's more reporty. Or commentary about you know large events like whatever happening in America. I think that would be different. But p- I think part of the I, this is what that's what made me think of it is the Stephanopoulos thing because he can't even contribute to a charity without people making a fuss because he reports the news and he's they're supposed to be unbiased and unjudgeable, and that accent and that way of speaking like it or not people judge you not i mean your father unfortunately that he wasn't educated enough but for you as well like you do have a i mean it's very slight and without you telling me i wouldn't notice the hispanic um, lilt in the way that you draw out some vowels and cut others off but um You've gotten it to a point where I don't think people would judge you at this point, but not everyone – you've taken classes. I mean you do need those classes in order for the general public to say, okay, Elsie can report this because she has no opinion one way or another, right? Like if you were reporting about East L.A. and gang stuff in East L.A., you have no personal we, – we need to feel like you have no personal attachment. Right. Because because otherwise it's biased information and then you can't trust that news source ever like Fox News. Like they're – most people, people who watch it or don't watch it, you know they're biased, right? Because they're so opinionated.
0: I'm okay with with putting it and, and framing it from that perspective. I'm okay with framing it from the perspective of being an unbiased deliverer of. Of information. I think that when it starts to become murky is from the from the, the the person of color, whoever that might be. That in this other article that we were talking about that instigated this conversation is a medium article, and he says that it's in part it's because he talked about the you know that code switching uh, puts yeah. on media makers to meet an expectation that has in many respects and regardless of intention, problematic racial and gender implications.
1: Yeah, the not, code switching is tough,
0: but how do you not do it? Well, the, the challenge is, and I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know um, how much of it. I don't know how much of it we should fight to just keep, and how much of it we should deliver in the way that you were talking about, like an unbiased voice, if you will. Um, but then, if you are reporting, and this is still so this, and and this is where it starts to get bigger. If we start to show more voices as they are perhaps we don't understand a lot of different accents or different particular modalities of speaking from different genders, uh, not genders, but ethnic backgrounds or whatever, or mm-hmm. even different areas, there is going to be a time when we're going to go like, I have no idea what that person is saying, mm-hmm. but there are going to be a lot of people that are going to know what they're saying. And they've been wanting to hear that voice in their ears. And it's going to resonate for them a lot more. Like if I, like you, what you were talking about, if I'm reporting on something that's happening on East LA and I allow my accent to come out a little bit more and and not like try to make myself as neutral in my in my speaking as possible and I'm talking to my people then they might listen to the problem or the issue more mm-hmm. than if it was a and I'm saying this because this is what generally we end up sounding like like the white white voices white Upper classed, uh, class voices speaking mm-hmm. standard American with nothing. So it's the fact that those voices that are coming in their head are all the same, and they seem to not. I, I'm not sure, and I think that that's an issue. That um,
1: I guess to a person of color, it sounds like they sound like white voices. Yes, that's exactly what it and, sounds and like. And it probably my explanation sounds like a white explanation as well. That like yes, oh, they need to be unbiased, <laughs> right? But yes. like. But, like, what if Obama used he does african American he- shorthand all the time i mean if he what if he ran his campaign that way, he would have never been because white people would never vote for we need we would never vote for someone who spoke that way because it would feel it feels foreign and a little you know it, it feels like um
0: I could understand. I mean, I understand. I don't know. I can't understand be, what you're talking can't about. can't
1: relate to them. You need to be able to relate, too. I guess maybe that's it. It's the relatability thing. It's about the thing. relatability thing, I yes. agree with you that, that they're underrepresented, and I think TV is starting to do a good job of trying to represent different culture, more cultural diversity, Asian and Latino, and um, at least they're starting, starting to. All-Black casts like Empire. Um, you know, I mean, I think we're taking some strides there although it is 2015 like where have they been really but like radio is different because if your audience if you don't know of your audience i don't know i just think i don't know i also have never had any kind of accent whatsoever i have like a few words that i say oddly but for the most part like because i grew up in maryland and now i live near philly that i have a few weird things that i say but for the most part i'm kind of i'm accent free i think for the most part but um so it's hard for me to relate to struggling to get rid of it, I guess. And also, um, I'm like the whitest white girl ever. So, but I mean, I know I I do, there is code switching going on with Jewish people. So like, for example, um, I'm in this Facebook group of 50 women that all had babies within three weeks of each other. We all had like, the same due date, like within the same week. Mm-hmm. And of course it didn't work out that way. Like a couple of us were first. And then, so it's, all our babies are about a month apart. And, um, there's only one other Jewish girl in the group. So like a lot of times, like anytime a baby's running a fever, like a lot of these women are from the South too, right? So like um, anytime a baby's running a fever, has to go to the doctor, someone will post in there like, can you please pray for my baby? She has 102 fever. We're taking her to the doctor right now. And so, And so my friend and I are always like, Oh, here we go, all praying again. Like, we're all praying because Jews don't say, pray for me, really. Mm-hmm. You don't really. And then, or, or, you know, they'll say, like, one of them is like, makes wreaths, and she's yeah. like, really into making wreaths. And, and the two of us will, like, go, oi, goyem, which means right. all goyem is, is non Jewish people. Right. Because Jewish people don't sit around making, we just don't make wreaths. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> you know, so, so, like, so that's a shorthand that, you know, I could never, I could never go, oi, Elsie, goyem. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah. But, like, that's just, we just couldn't do that. But, um, That doesn't mean I'm changing like, I don't know. Does that mean I'm code switching with her and then I am with you? I don't know. I don't know. And I know it's different because nobody ever agrees that being Jewish is a person of color. And I know that we're white and I get it. I'm just saying, I'm trying to relate like the code switching thing because on the one hand, I think it's sad. But on the other hand, I feel like, I also feel like I wish we just all could be multi-colored And multicultural, but all still having the one level of relatability. That would just be nice. And not always having to feel, everyone always having to feel excluded by other people. That makes me sad that you felt like your accent made you sound stupid. I don't think that. I know but that's what it that's
0: what it feels like that's what it feels like that was like one of the first and this is why I'm so into the voice and women's voices because that's how I felt when I was younger I didn't want to speak up because I was because I was afraid my they wouldn't understand not being understood like not not as in like you don't understand me but like literally like you cannot understand what I'm trying to say yes that was awful feeling um speaking up in front of a room and have people and, and i I saw the people giggle and, or they point out and they would immediately start laughing at certain words that I said that makes you feel stupid, even though, you know, the answer that does not feel okay. And so, yeah, you work towards, towards not feeling that way anymore. And I see it with my parents and I feel it with them and I go, oh, why is she saying it that way? She shouldn't say that. That sounds stupid. That's the, the thought That comes into my own head, and she's probably, you know, my mom's probably not aware of these things. And of course, I have to say, like, you know, what it doesn't matter. She's just speaking the way that she wants to speak, and the way that she's always spoken, and it's fine. So I want to close this out with a, you know, with the paragraph that uh, this gentleman uh, Ernesto Aguilar, he is a program director of. Let me see, uh, KPFTFM. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, and so he finished it up pretty quickly. He actually pulls it all together and he says, one of the greatest tech takeaways uh, from the public radio voice discussion is about the need to challenge our comfort zones with the larger narrative of changing American demographics. Latinos mm-hmm. are the next great public media audience. It's time for the established audience and those in charge to get comfortable with that and figure out how to creatively involve Latinos in membership and and membership and the system itself. So I can expand that to also just include people of color in public media as a whole, because that is true. So anyway, I just thought that that was nice because you pulled it all together. It really is. I think for a lot of us, it's to challenge our own comfort zones and what we're willing to listen to and stand behind. And not only from the people who are listening, but also from the media entities that are creating this media. So
1: Yeah, I still think the point is to be, I know. I don't want to sound white anymore. I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> stop it. Just stop. Now you. I have white guilt. <laughs> you should. You should laugh. I do.
0: Oh man. Well, dude, I'm telling you, it's just that's what it feels like. I think that part of it is by understanding that not everybody feels. You know, we all have like, like I said, like I'm sure you never had somebody feel that you were stupid or couldn't understand what you were saying. I mean, there are some things that only people who are, at least for me, I'm an immigrant. So I had to learn how to speak Spanish and English from here. So I had to switch all the time and it sucked. Uh, And so, yeah, and that probably informed, I had never thought about it, but it informed a lot in my life. And so it's not about like, now you feel bad. It's more about like, oh, I didn't know that that was there. So now you do have that understanding. It just comes from it, you know? So yeah. Anywho. So Sorry. ladies and gents that are listening, what do you guys think about our conversation today? Cause we're just going to be uh, wrapping it up here. If you have any feedback from us, again, you can use ask Shep. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Hashtag ask uh, She P on Twitter. You can email uh feedback at shepodcast.com. You can speakpipe us, speakpipe.com slash she so to leave us messages and whatnot that way. And if you are looking to hang out with us and have deeper discussions with us or you know get into it or just hang out in a room with us over at uh, podcast movement, plus a lot of other information, shepodcast.com slash PM. And um hopefully we will hear from you guys next time.
1: Bye. Bye. (laughs) Okay.
0: Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. All right. Oh, my God. You did that so fast, I didn't even realize what was happening. Remember, if you want to do podcasting your way, do it upright and head on over to podcastingschoolforwomen.com changing the world, one episode at a time.